another episode of Access Ability. I'm your host, Laura. I'm a white woman with bright blue hair, shaved on one side, wearing a pastel flannel pattern shirt. A couple of weeks ago on this channel, I published an episode of Access Ability, all about adding in accessibility settings to remakes and remasters of older games. I'll link to the video down in the description if you want to give it a watch, but the gist is, if you are making a remake or remaster of one of your older titles, you should be making an effort to make sure that it is as accessible to disabled players as any new title you would be releasing today. If in the years since that original game released you have learned new things, if the industry at large has learned new things about accessibility, you should be taking those on board and making sure that the back catalogue of our industry is as accessible as possible to disabled players. Basically, all the things we've learned about bringing disabled players in, make sure they apply to our back catalogue if you can. While that video talked pretty broadly about the idea that we should be adding accessibility into remakes and remasters, this past week we got a real-world example of a decades-old game putting a lot of what I said in that video to practice. This is a game that has basically patched in modern best practice accessibility support decades after it was originally released, and I'm really impressed with how this game has handled some of the accessibility settings it's added. It's not perfect, but it's really bringing an old game into a modern accessible light, and that is something we should really be praising. So today, on Access Ability, we're going to be talking about the accessibility settings options that have recently been patched into Quake's Enhanced Edition. We're going to talk about what these accessibility settings are, we're going to talk about the ways that they fit into best practice for modern accessibility design in video games, and we're going to talk about some of the groups of disabled players who are going to have an easier time getting into playing Quake today than they would have done 26 years ago when the original game was released. Let's start off by talking about which settings have been added to Quake in this new update. Perhaps most immediately noticeable, Quake now features both high contrast and alternative font options in menus in order to make setup easier to navigate. High contrast mode replaces the game's default menu backgrounds, which feature blurred gameplay, with a plain black screen. This contrasts well with the new alternative font choice, which is a clean and easily readable white text that replaces the classic game's stylized pixel font. As these two accessibility options are designed to make the game's menus easier to navigate, it's important to note that if you buy Quake today and start playing on a fresh profile, an accessibility settings menu opens up on first boot, with almost all of the game's accessibility settings turned on by default. We will talk about the one exception a little later in this video, but by default the game assumes that basically all of its accessibility settings are important, and presents players the option to turn them off if they're not needed, while demonstrating them in use first to ensure that they're given a fair shake at being used. The default is that you will use these accessibility settings unless you change things, and we've talked about this on this show, I really like that as a solution. In terms of other accessibility settings added, the new update also adds three separate settings designed to make in-game voice chat in multiplayer more accessible to a variety of disabled gamers. Read Chat Out Loud takes any typed game chat and reads it to the player in a synthesized voice. Transcribe Voice Chat takes any spoken voice chat and turns it into text presented on screen to the player. Lastly, Speak For Me in Voice Chat allows the player to type text in chat, 
and then the game reads it out in voice chat using a synthesised voice to players that are only engaging with voice chat. These three options, all switched on as default, help a variety of disabled gamers to engage with voice chat in multiplayer, from deaf and hard of hearing players, to those with reduced vision, to further examples including non-verbal autistic gamers. The game also has two other accessibility settings. The only settings in the game that don't default to their most extreme levels of accessibility support. One option allows players to increase how long text-based messages appear on screen, and the other allows players to reduce on-screen flashing effects, from the default position of full flashing effects, incrementally down to zero. While I understand the desire to default screen flashing effects to the level seen in the original game, and I recognise that most photosensitive players will likely be aware enough of their own needs to check for that setting and notice it needs reducing, it's a bit of a shame to see a lack of unity in this accessibility menu's design. I can see a world in which a player glances at this accessibility menu, sees all of the options at the top are defaulted to their most accessible settings, and without properly looking doesn't notice that flashing effects are an exception to this design format. If flashing effects were, for example, the first setting offered up at the top of the settings list, that might make the settings default position more immediately noticeable, which feels like it could help ensure it's noticed at a passing glance. As it is, you have a lot of settings that default to being accessible, and then down the bottom you have to notice that flashing effects are still on full. What I really like about this update to Quake is not only does it add in these accessibility settings, but in several cases it follows best practices of the kind of things that we ask for on this channel on a regular basis. Not only have these settings been added in, but they show up on first boot of the game without you having to go looking for them, they're switched on by default so that it doesn't feel like a failure if you leave them switched on because they're sort of presented as the default. So much of how this game, you know, treats these as just a regular mundane part of the update process and not some huge big deal, is how we should be seeing games handle accessibility. Ideally your game would be accessible from day one, but if it isn't, there's no better time than the present to add in accessibility support, and this is how you do it. It's never too late. 26 years after this game's original release, it wasn't too late to bring it forward into a modern accessibility age. Quake is honestly presenting right now exactly what I would like to see out of remakes and remasters of old games. All you have to do is you have to take a look at your original design and say, what elements of this that we decided on for, you know, whatever reasons, aren't actually very accessible, and is it worth us making a small trade to make the game more accessible at the exchange of a little bit of nostalgia? Maybe the default settings won't be exactly what people remember from back in the day, but I think that's a worthwhile trade-off to make sure that more people can jump into the game and find it accessible, and if you look at Quake as an example, if you want that original experience that feels nostalgic, it's right there, it's a couple of settings tweaks away if you want to turn off some of this accessibility, but I think that making accessibility your standard, making sure it's front and centre, and never feeling like it's too late to add accessibility into one of our classics from our industry is what we should be striving for. Classic games that people have emotional investment to, that are parts of our history, should be playable by more people if you bring them into a modern age. 